Welcome, fellow explorers. My name is Christian Alexanderson, and this is Hemlocks to Hellbenders, a podcast highlighting Pennsylvania's parks, forests, and great outdoors. This episode is about one man's journey to climb the tallest tree at the highest point in all 67 Pennsylvania counties, a feat that has never been done and probably never been attempted. I'm excited to welcome Van Wagner to the podcast. Van is a teacher, musician, and certified forester that is attempting this incredible challenge. Van, thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having me, Christian. In 2021, I did my own challenge where I ran a mile in all 121 state parks in one year. I thought mine was fun and weird, but then I heard about what you were doing, and I knew I had to get you on the podcast. Tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, uh, I'm climbing to the highest point in every county in Pennsylvania. There's 67 counties. And then when I get to that high point, I find the highest tree I can find at that site, and I climb that tree. Not necessarily to the top, sometimes to the top, sometimes as far as I feel safe, but... uh, that's what I've been up to, to try and draw attention to, to forestry and get people talking about trees and Pennsylvania forests. Where'd you get this idea? I think it came to me while I was actually hiking out in the woods recently. Um, I haven't been dreaming it up for too long. It was just something on a whim this winter. I was out in the woods hiking and I, I think it started as just, boy, it would be fun to climb a tree on top of my mountain. Uh, I live on a mountain called Montour Ridge. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I ought to go to the highest spot. And then it just kind of went from there. And I thought, I wonder if anyone's ever done that. And then Gosh, I wonder if anyone's ever done that in each county, and it just kind of grew from that. Did you have an official start date? No, one day I didn't have anything else to do, so I called a friend and said, hey, in about an hour, do you want to meet me on top of the mountain? I'm going to climb a tree. I think that was January. Just kicked it off that way. What do you want to raise awareness about? Yeah, it's a pretty broad message. I just want Pennsylvanians more aware of their forests. I would love to see more people involved in the conversations about... um, what, how do we value our forests? Why do we value our forests? Is it strictly for timber products? Is it strictly for wildlife and recreation? Just all those conversations should involve millions of Pennsylvanians. And uh, I would just like to see more people you know, brought into that fold of conversation. There's a lot of threats that face our forests. And you know, people like you and I, you know, we, we speak this stuff all day long. We know about it. But I think about the average landowner, the average voter, taxpayer in Pennsylvania that maybe doesn't know that there are these threats that are facing our forest. And, and I just think in a democracy, we all need to play a role in this conversation to protect our forest. They aren't a given. We aren't guaranteed to always have a healthy forest here in Pennsylvania. It takes effort. As of April 2023, how many trees have you climbed? Set today? Yeah, I had to think about what date it was. <laughs> I, just, I just finished my 14th climb on Sunday, two days ago. And that was in Huntington County. Uh, and I have 15 and 16 planned for in a few weeks. Um, so they're they're ticking away. I'll, I think I'll feel more accomplished when I get to a benchmark like 20. And I'll be like, all right, I'm basically a third of the way. Um, but, you know, just chipping away at them one at a time and enjoying them. So far, it, it's been really enjoyable. I haven't had a bad climb yet. And um, so far, I'm still able to remember every single climb. I, I wonder how long that'll go. But like so far, if I close my mind and I just think Luzerne County, I can picture the black cherry on top of a mountain near Ricketts Glen. And and I, and I it's a, been a neat way to catalog my memories of each park or each county. How do you find the tallest tree and the highest points? I'll do the easier part first. The highest point of every county has been plotted out uh, pretty extensively. That's the beauty of the Internet. Um, I've been using a website called Peak Bagger. Um, and Peak Bagger is, they, they actually have a database for every state. You can see the high points in every state, every county in every state. Um, so that's what I've been using to find the locations. Uh, but then once I get there, I just use my eyes. You know, you get, you get on site and it's usually pretty obvious. I mean, my goodness, you should have seen the Mifflin County climb I did Sunday morning. Um, 
I didn't want it to be true, but I got to the site and it was just clear as day. A Norway spruce was just towering above everything else. And I really didn't want to climb a non-native tree. Um, I never said when I set out to do this that I only climb natives, but that's part of what we're talking about here is like protecting Pennsylvania forests and forest awareness. So I tried to spin it into a, a positive learning experience, you know, so I climbed that Norway spruce and it was way up there. And then I used it as an opportunity on my video. You know, I've, I, I have a GoPro on my climbing helmet so people can experience it. And then I have a little conversation with the world up at the top of these trees. And my conversation from Mifflin County is, what, what do we do about these non-natives? Here I am up in a giant Norway spruce. Why is that a problem? And then you look down and what you can see is this Norway spruce is out competing all the native species. And that's the answer. That's the answer of what's wrong with a Norway spruce. It's not native and it's taking the place of multiple native trees. Um, I realized that was kind of ironic to be enjoying this beautiful view and this experience from the height of a Norway spruce. But there I am advocating to cut it down. But that's that's just my opinion. How tall was that tree? Well, I didn't run out of rope, so it was not it was not over 100 feet, but it was it was a big tree. Um, I did not measure it, but if, if I run out of rope, that's when I know I'm, I'm over a hundred. Have you run into an issue where the tallest tree is on private property? Yeah. Well, I'll say it's certainly a complication or a challenge that, that I've come across, but it has not been a problem yet. Um, so for example, the most recent private property climb I did was in Potter County. And, uh, I, I, I tried unsuccessfully to contact the landowner ahead of time. And finally, I just thought, well, I'm going for it. Uh, and by it, I don't mean the climb. I meant knocking on the door. So I drove all the way to Potter County the day after trout opening day of trout season. I mean, I was already up there. We have a cabin in uh, Clinton County. So I just drove a little ways north and uh, knocked on the door of a farmer. And uh, here they had lost their power in a windstorm the night before. And uh, this sweet woman, she welcomed me right in the house. In fact, when I knocked, she just said, come on in. So I came in and uh, she thought, you know, oh, are you here with the power company? And I thought, oh, no, I'm not. And I felt like such a fool telling her I'm here to climb your tree. But she was as nice as can be. And in fact, when I said I'm looking for the highest point in Potter County, she just pointed to the top of her, her field, which, by the way, was a, a corn or soybean field, which surprised me. You'd think, my goodness, uh, Potter County, the land of trees and forests, and the highest point was a field. I did find a maple on the hedgerow and I climbed that, but, uh, Multiple people were coming by, by the way, as I'm climbing. Are, are you with the power company? No, I'm just a guy climbing trees. So it was, <laughs> it was a memorable climb. How do you go about planning a tree climbing expedition? Uh, I have a nice network of friends now that have reached out and said, hey, I love what you're doing. Uh, let me know how I can help. And I usually respond by going, okay, I'll tell you how you can help. You know, you're down in Cumberland County, for example. I need help contacting that person. Uh, a lot of folks in Philly have reached out to me and I need that help because a lot of the Philadelphia area counties are private property. Um, and so that's that's been a big help is just getting a network of people. How long does it take for you to climb a tree? They're all different. They really are. So uh, as fast as five minutes, you know, up the rope or as slow as like this climb Sunday when I went up a, a Norway spruce that I was telling you about, I free climbed that. So rather than getting my rope in the top of the tree and then climbing the rope, I simply started on the lower branches and just slowly worked my way up along the trunk. And then meanwhile, while I was going, I did, I roped a safety rope in. I put my lanyard around so that I was always roped in if something were to go wrong. But it was, it was more like climbing a very complex ladder than just simply climbing a rope. So that was, 
That was uh, probably a good half an hour climb, that guy. The very first thing I think about is, is kind of climbability. So I look at a tree and I think, okay, it's the tallest. Is it the safest? Um, and I have had one or two occasions where the tallest tree on site, I might say, ah, I'm not feeling great about that one. Um, usually there's a very close tie nearby. Like it's not this Norway spruce was the exception. That thing was towering twice as tall as anything near it. I mean, there just wasn't even a close second place, but typically you're dealing with an even age stand on a lot of these ridge tops. And so it's a matter of, you know, do I want that chestnut oak or that chestnut oak? And, uh, so I'm looking for dangers. So things you want to look for is any signs of internal decay. You know, you don't want a hollow stem. So if I see a woodpecker hole going in, that kind of tells me, okay, there's problems in that trunk. Or then I walk around the base, I'm looking for sawdust that would be the work of insects like ants, which by the way, that doesn't mean they're the enemy. If I answer my friends, because if I'm about to climb a tree and I see sawdust, that tells me there's something I can't see, which is a hollow decayed stem from bacteria. I can't see that. So the ants are telling it to me. I, I like ants. Don't spray ants um, when, on your trees. They're part of the ecosystem. And then, then I try to pick out a good limb that I want to get my throw line on. So I, I get a weight bag tied to a string and I, I either hand throw it up there or I have a device called a slingshot where it's a big giant, looks like a giant water balloon catapult and about six feet tall, seven feet tall. And you shoot and you can shoot your bag over a hundred feet into a canopy. And then you tie your climbing rope to that and you work that into the tree. I try to keep the tree as safe as possible. So whenever possible, I use a device called a friction saver or a cambium saver, I've heard them called. And it's just a device that wraps over the limb and then the climbing rope goes through the metal rings on that device so that the friction of the climbing rope is on the metal rings and it's not hurting the tree. Do you always go with somebody or do you usually go alone? It's been a mix and, and both are very special experiences. So what, I, what I've done, for example, with friends is I, I'll reach out to someone that maybe is a lifelong friend from a region. And for example, off the top of my head, my friend, Mark Lewis. Okay, he's, he's from Sullivan County, and uh, it, it's almost like I couldn't imagine doing the Sullivan County climb without Mark Lewis. Like, he's just in my memory and in my life, he is everything related to Sullivan County. So being able to share the experience with him was very special. Um, but on the other hand, like Schuylkill County, I did alone. Not that I don't have friends in Schuylkill County. I have dozens. In fact, I lived down there. I used to be a coal miner down there. So um, it just so happened one day I was available. I didn't have anybody else lined up and I just went and did it alone. And it was really a neat, uh, you know, moment of solitude out in the woods. And it, it was, it was special in its own way. Do you have a favorite tree to climb? I, I have a tree that I haven't climbed that's I'm aware of, which is a black gum. And it's been surprising me as I go to a lot of these ridge tops. Um, I'm not surprised to see chestnut oak. I'm not surprised to see pitch pine, white pine, things like that. But uh, I've been seeing a good amount of black gum. And, and I'll be honest, I guess I just never took notice of so many black gum, especially on the ridgetops. And uh, I think that would be a, a, a neat climb because that's one of those trees that you just don't hear a lot about in Pennsylvania. It's not really talked about as a big wildlife tree. It's not a big timber product, you know, wood products tree. So I've just thought, that would be a unique one just for my myself to get more familiar with the tree. You really get to know them when you climb them. Do you have a time you expect to be done or are you taking this as it comes? I'm, I'm taking it as it comes, but I do have an estimate of, I, I think I could have it done here in two years or so, something like that. Um, I'm definitely slowing down this summer due to ticks. Uh, the climb I did last weekend, I got into ticks like I just 
I couldn't believe. I mean, in a matter of 15, 20 minutes in the woods, I had two dozen ticks on my leg. Wow. And, you know, there, there's there's no ego here. There's no reason to be like, I have to keep going and keep pushing. No, I don't. And, uh, you know, there's if you take your precautions, which I do, that's that's going to minimize the risk. But I I'm also thinking, like, if I could just do most of my climbing in the cold months, there's a lot less tick activity. You know, you still have some. But um, I think it would be irresponsible for me to to do a lot of bushwhacking in the summer if I don't need to. As I pointed out to the one friend last weekend, like, I'm not getting paid to do this. So, you know, I'm, you know, wh why am I out here pulling ticks off and watching for rattlesnakes? Um, not that getting paid makes it right. I think it just makes it sting less. So I'll probably slow down a little bit in the summer months and, or maybe I'll focus on some of the climbs that don't involve deep woods, like again, uh, Harris, Harrisburg and Philly and, and Pittsburgh climbs like that. I had the same realization when I was running at all the parks, I was the one making the rules. I can do whatever I want. I certainly feel you there. What kind of background do you have in the outdoors? Born and raised. I, um, I'm currently broadcasting here from Danville High School. Um, this is, I teach agriculture, Danville High School Agriculture. And uh, this was my high school agriculture room. And in this room in the 1990s, I was exposed to conservation, wildlife management, and forestry as a career path. And I went to Penn State to the School of Forest Resources, majored in wildlife and fishery science with a minor in forestry. And then I, uh, I've, I've done a lot in forestry over the years, you know, everything from I've been a full time logger uh, all the way out in Idaho. I was a logger in Idaho, been a logger here in Pennsylvania. I'm now a certified forester. I'm a certified arborist. Um, my sons and I own a tree service and do a lot of uh, arboriculture on the side. And so so that's kind of like that side of it. As a school teacher, I, I, I promote the forest in any way I can in, in my students lives. It's one of those things, whether you make a life out of it or not, I just think it, it has to be a part of your life. I mean, we live in Penn's woods, um, and, and I, I just want to see that attachment with students on a personal level continue to grow. Were you always climbing trees when you were a kid? No, the opposite. Uh, I'm kind of afraid of heights. I'm still afraid of heights. Uh, and, and I really didn't. Well, I'm, in fact, I have a fond memory of moving to Idaho and telling my boss at the time, I said, now I'll work on your crew, but just, you know, I'll never climb a tree. And where I got that was I had seen the Paul Newman movie, Sometimes a Great Notion. Great movie, I think, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, it's he's a logger out in the Pacific Northwest. And I remember in there, you know, they go in the old days, they would go spiking way up these trees and then they would top them and then they'd, they'd hook up their rigging lines and they'd use that to rig logs to the landing. Um, if you've ever seen Axemen, the way we kind of do it nowadays is they have a metal truck that comes up with an, a boom that extends and then the boom brings logs to the landing but in the old days now when i say old days i mean they were doing this i think through the 70s and 80s uh they would use a tree so i had seen that movie as a kid and i i thought that's what you know i'm like they, they must make everybody climb trees and top of them and i'm not doing that and i remember my boss laughing at me in idaho being like you know we ain't done that for years son you got nothing to worry about so. how important is it for kids to learn about outdoor spaces and their natural surroundings oh it's critical it's critical i've been in teaching long enough to say that um, I feel like it is one of the most single, most important things we teach young people here is just a connection to the, the natural world. You know, whether that means specifically forest or not, I think we can just broaden that and say your connection to all things living and non-living around you is, is something we all need to be more aware of. Um, and, and it, it frightens me that we might occasionally raise a young person who becomes an adult who doesn't get that connection and realize this is 
a, a connection we all share um, to our natural world. And if we lose that connection, the knowledge of that connection, I think we're losing something very sacred. So just leave it at that. What are your plans moving forward? Do you have a breakdown of where you want to climb next? Yeah, I'm heading down. I, pl I play music as well. And I'm heading down to Maryland to perform at a festival in a few weeks, um, the, the Maryland Iron Festival. And it's at Catoctin Furnace. And as I mapped my drive down, I thought, oh, I'm going to hit this high point and that high point and that high point. So there's a couple Pennsylvania counties I'm going to knock out on my way down and then on my way back. And that's just, I think, how I'm going to go is like, uh, it, rather than than make a special trip and burn gasoline for no reason just to go to the West Virginia border. I'll wait till I have a reason to go out there. I'm either visiting a friend or I'm going to perform somewhere, whatever it might be. And then I just go, oh, well, while I'm there, I'll, I'll, I'll do a climb. And that to me seems the more reasonable way to do it and the more environmentally responsible way to do it as well. What can listeners of the podcast do to become better advocates for forests? Hey, if they're listening to this podcast, they are better advocates of the forest. I think starting conversations. What's your favorite tree? You know, have that conversation with a friend at dinner sometime over breakfast. What are your memories of trees as a child? Have those memories changed? In other words, the trees you remember as a child, are they still there? If not, why? What happened to them? If they are there, did they get bigger? Those kinds of things. It just knowledge awareness is where we need to just have everyone aware of our trees and talking about trees. That's a win. Where can people follow your journey? Uh, probably the easiest thing is my website, which is Van Wagner Music. Um, if you go there, there's there's a link to my climb. I think there's a link. You know, let's play it safe. Just Google Van Wagner tree climbing and it should come up. Um, but I, 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 I have a for each climb, I have a about a paragraph. I write a reflection about that climb and then I put a YouTube link to that video so you can sit there and you can actually see each county and read about it and decide if you want to watch the video. And then there's a, a map with a push pin at each high point that I I tackle. Um, I don't think I've updated the Huntington County one yet. And I'll be doing that, I think, later tonight when we are done talking. You're a musician. Is your music inspired by the outdoors? Yes. Yeah, I, I write a lot of songs about Pennsylvania, uh, both heritage and, you know, cultural heritage, but also natural heritage. So I write a lot of songs. A couple albums ago, it was called The Short Leaf Pine. Um, I, I write a lot of songs about wildlife and forestry and uh you know, it's, it's just something that's always been in my blood and it's a, it's a passion of mine and, and, and I will continue to do so. You've recorded more than 30 albums. Yes. Just released number 33 and, uh, which is kind of wild. It, and, you know, people do say, well, why are you still making albums? Nobody listens to albums anymore. It's a world of downloads. Uh, I make albums cause it's how I make my, my records. Like it's, it's still fun for me to make a collection of songs. 15 songs or so they all kind of have a, a similar they came from a similar place we'll just say that you know these this batch of songs and then i put them together and i release them and then i kind of like clear the slate in my creative brain about that and move on to the next project so my last album was all about um i didn't set out to do it this way but when i look back at the songs a ton of songs on there just about uh, from from like a wildlife perspective. So the, the album title is called Hungry. And it, I was sitting one day thinking like most of us, most humans really don't know what it's like to be hungry. Sure, there are some, unfortunately. Uh, but it occurred to me like most animals in the forest, most wildlife, like they're just hungry on a constant basis in many cases. They're just, that's that's just omnipresent. Where's my next meal? Where's my next meal? And that's where that song came from. But it's all about wildlife, so. Well, I can't wait to listen to more of your music. Van, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Christian. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank my guest, Van Wagner, for joining the podcast. Be sure to visit our website and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information about upcoming episodes. This has been Hemlocks to Hellbenders. I'll see you out there. Hosting, production, and editing by Christian Alexanderson. Music by John Sauer. Graphics by Uncle Traveling Matt's Random Expedition.